0: when someone calls you an abomination or when they say that you're evil or whatever they say about you as an LGBTQ person those words only have the power that you give them yourself that takes a lot of strength but it's very very helpful LGBTQ people are loved by God and we're wonderful Barry PTSD isn't what's wrong with you it's about what happened to you
1: Welcome to This Way Out, the international LGBTQ radio magazine. I'm Greg Gordon. Finland transitions to easier gender ID markers, Canadians counter trans female athletic supremacy myths, and how to thrive despite conversion therapy caused PTSD. All that and more this week now that you've discovered This Way Out.
2: I'm Mr. Raquel,
3: and I'm Michael Taylor Gray,
2: with News Wrap, a summary of some of the news in or affecting LGBTQ communities around the world for the week ending February 4th,
4: 2023.
2: Finland's parliament approved legislation February 1st to let trans adults 18 and over change their legal gender without a psychiatric assessment. The new law also did away with the requirement that trans individuals undergo sterilization or present proof that they're infertile. Activists lobbied for over a decade to overturn that requirement, which was designed to prevent transgender people from having children. One of the country's leading queer advocacy groups, SETA, called it a victory for human rights, but noted that there's still work to do. The rights of children and young people must be secured next, it said in a statement following the vote. Passage of the bill was a priority for Prime Minister Sana Marin as her government prepares for a general election in April. Marin was raised by her two moms in what she calls a rainbow family.
3: Transgender girls and women do not have a competitive advantage in elite-level sports. That's the conclusion of a comprehensive review of all the scientific literature published on the topic in the last decade in the English language. Contrary to what passes for prevailing wisdom, the researchers concluded that there is little evidence to show that factors relating to male puberty, such as lung size and bone density, produce an advantage for trans athletes. Trans girls and women who have begun testosterone suppression have no clear biological advantage, they found. A number of elite sport governing bodies have established restrictions or outright bans on trans girls and women. The research has found strong evidence that those policies are based on transphobia, not science. The study was commissioned by the Canadian Center for Ethics in Sport.
2: Utah has become the first state in 2023 to ban gender-affirming care for minors. Republican Governor Spencer Cox signed the bill on January 28th to deny young people access to puberty blockers, hormone therapy, and surgical procedures, although such surgeries are very rare. Virtually every professional physical and mental health organization in the United States opposes legislation like this for doing real harm to trans young people and to the people who love and care for them. According to Shannon Minter of the National Center for Lesbian Rights, The Utah law uses an absurdly complex set of restrictions to enact what is essentially a blanket ban on treatment for all future patients. Civil rights groups are expected to challenge the law in court as they have a similar law in Arkansas.
3: The European Court of Human Rights ruled in late January that a no promo homo law enacted in Lithuania in 2009 violates the European Convention on Human Rights. Children's book author Narenga Makate challenged the law in 2019 after authorities censored one of her books because it features two same gender couples. The government accused her of disseminating information to minors that expresses contempt for family values. The book Amber Heart features characters confronting social exclusion and discrimination. They include people with disabilities, migrants, and nomadic Roma people two of the six stories describe romantic relationships between characters of the same gender. The Eurocourt ruled, equal and mutual respect for persons of different sexual orientations is inherent in the whole fabric of the Convention. The unanimous 17-judge court rejected the Lithuanian government's claim that the book contained sexually explicit passages. After Makate died in 2020, her mother continued the legal case on behalf of Makate's estate. The court ordered Lithuania to pay 17,000 euros, about 18,400 U.S. dollars, in damages and legal costs. Slovenia has officially become the first Eastern European nation
2: to open civil marriage, including full adoption rights, to gay and lesbian couples. Lawmakers approved the legislation last October after Slovenia's constitutional court ruled that denying those rights to same-gender couples violated the nation's constitution. The law went into effect January 31st. Labor Minister Luca Mesick hailed the historic law at a news conference that day. From today, he declared, all same-sex marriages enjoy the same rights as everyone else. I think we made a big step forward as a country.
3: Finally this week, we have two stories from the new Republican-dominated U.S. House of Representatives that suggest how the next two years may unfold. Georgia Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, who made headlines in 2018 for suggesting that Jewish space lasers caused California wildfires, kicked off her tenure on the powerful House Oversight and Accountability Committee with more absurdities. The committee was reviewing how the Biden administration dispensed COVID pandemic funding. Comptroller General Gene Dodaro was dumbfounded by a question from Greene about a favorite GOP target, drag queens.
2: Can you tell me how much money was given to Drag Queen Story Hour?
3: The, 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 I'm sorry, can you repeat that?
2: Who? Drag Queen Story Time, where, where men dress up as oh, oh, women oh, and, and read confusing yeah. books to children. Yeah.
1: First, I thought you said dry clean. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, no, I don't know the answer to either one of those two. Uh,
2: oh, we need to look into this, and I, I urge you to do that. Um, they uh, Bradbury Sullivan LGBT Community Center in pennsylvania received sixteen thousand dollars uh for drag queen story time uh from from COVID cash um i think this is an issue that needs to be looked into a lot of this money went to things that it should have never gone to and i Dr. thank you so much and i yield back the remainder of my time
3: for the record according to the pennsylvania humanities council website the bradbury sullivan lgbt center Was one of 92 recipients of a total of $1.4 million in 2022 to sustain humanities related programs and organizations during the pandemic. Responding to Green's wild claim, the center said in a statement this week that it has never used government funds to operate this program. Our Story Hour programming has always been and remains underfunded. Meanwhile,
2: The momentous question of who should lead the Pledge of Allegiance sparked a fierce debate in the House Judiciary Committee this week. After far-right Florida Representative Matt Gates proposed starting each session with the Patriotic Pledge, Democrat David Cicilline of Rhode Island, who is both patriotic and proudly gay, offered an amendment. The ensuing debate showed that the committee is anything but indivisible.
4: You know, Mr. Issa just made reference to how important it is for us to display our commitment to the Constitution and to commit to defend it aggressively. So I'd like to offer an amendment to the amendment, uh, adding in the second paragraph where the chair may designate an individual to lead the Pledge of Allegiance to add the following language. Provided, however, the pledge shall not be led by an individual who supported an insurrection against the government of the United States in any way. Because I think if we adopt this amendment, then we will be truthful in, in representing that stating this pledge is an affirmation of your defense of democracy and the constitution. It's hard to take that claim seriously if, in fact, an individual who in any way supported an insurrection against the government of the United States is allowed to leave the pledge. So I would ask Mr. Gates to accept this friendly amendment, and I look forward to supporting it. Would the gentleman yield for? I first a ask question. Mr. Gates if he'll support the amendment. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that, that you may be disqualifying too many of your own members, Mr. Sissel. I'm not concerned about that at all. Then agree to the amendment. With, with let's, the, let's make this real. If you the, want to give someone the right to stand before the House Judiciary Committee and lead the Pledge of Allegiance at a bare minimum, let's guarantee that that person has not participated or supported or in any way helped an overthrow of the government of the United States. It's it like yield. a simple proposition.
2: It's not difficult to understand the resistance by majority Republicans on the Committee to Sicilian e- Amendment. Some of them have been accused of at least encouraging the January 6th insurrection. They defeated Sicily e- Amendment in a 24-13 vote. With reluctant Democratic support, the committee then approved the Gates Pledge of Allegiance proposal, with no restrictions on who can lead it.
4: For
3: all. That's news rap. Global Queer News with Attitude for the week ending February 4th, 2023. Follow the news in your area and around the world. An informed community is a strong community.
2: News Wrap is written by Greg Gordon, edited by David Hunt, produced by Brian DeShazer and brought to you by you. Thank
3: you. Help keep us in ears around the world at thiswayout.org where you can also read the text of this newscast and much more for This Way Out, I'm Michael Taylor Gray. Stay healthy.
2: And I'm MR Raquel. Stay safe.
1: Isn't life beautiful? Isn't life gay? Isn't life the perfect thing to pass the time away?
0: I'm Edmund White. It is the overwhelming international flavor of the lesbian and gay rights movement that has proved so powerful over the decades. And one radio program has been there to record, to inform, and to entertain. So please keep listening to This Way Out on this station.
2: Support this way out in many ways
3: by subscribing to our e-newsletter. Email us at info@thiswayout.org, at and through your financial contributions to our program.
2: More information about how you can give is online at thiswayout.org.
3: Thank you.
1: Lenny Van brown who's based in Sydney, Australia, is well known around the world for his work engaging in dialogue with evangelical churches to create a better world for LGBTQ people and everyone else. Through his wealth of lived experience, he's also helped many LGBTQ people find self-acceptance and peace in the face of challenging religious backgrounds. Our Sydney correspondent, Barry McKay, spoke with Anthony via Skype recently to discuss some of his specific work with LGBTQ people who suffer from psychological trauma due to a damaging Christian upbringing.
5: Welcome, Anthony, to This Way Out. Thanks, babe. In a nutshell, can you please tell us a little bit about your background in the fundamentalist Christian church and what you are doing nowadays with the LGBTQ plus community since you came out as gay. Sure,
0: Barry, in a nutshell, um, in a former life, I was um, a famous Pentecostal preacher used to preach in all the mega churches um, in Australia to thousands every weekend, one of the first to go through gay conversion therapy in the world in a religious context. Um, And uh, anyway, came out in 1991, sorry, resigned from the ministry in 1991, and uh, came out the following year to live authentically as a gay man. Um, My autobiography, A Life of Unlearning, um, is now 18 years. It's been selling still up to the third edition, and that's um, transformed the lives of thousands of people. And um, out of that, um, I have established an organisation called Ambassadors and Bridge Builders International, and we reach out to churches, Christian organisations and ministers to engage them in dialogue and provide training resources to help them come to an understanding that LGBT
5: people are loved by God. and and they're one we're wonderful barry so recently you were invited to speak at an online conference based in the us about religious trauma you identified ptsd as a product of that trauma that many lgbtq plus people go through and you identified some strategies to help those who suffer from this could you summarize for us please what you had to contribute Sure.
0: Look, um, uh, this has come out of my own experience, Barry. The the um, the disclaimer, of course, here is that I am not a uh, therapist. Uh, I'm not uh, trained or a professional in that area. So this is from my own experience. And for a number of years, I was experiencing PTSD. As some people often do, and not actually be aware of what was going on. My burnouts and emotional meltdowns and things, I I just thought it was just too much pressure, but I got to a point where I realised this is what it's about. And uh, my um, I, I did go and see a therapist, and it was very helpful because he gave me a statement which has been gold to me, Barry. and that was the trauma never leaves you, you just learn to manage it. Good. The, the trauma never leaves you. You just learn to manage it. And that was so helpful to me because I was expecting it to be gone, in Jesus' name, you know. <laughs> the, 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 old, the old thinking was, I'll get healed of this and I'll, I'll be okay. So um, I, I, here are some of the things that I've used um, that have helped me to manage my PTSD. One of the things is that I believe it's important to maintain a sense of humour. That was one of the things that happened to me is I got so many emails from readers of my autobiography, uh, telling me intense stories and of of harm and of rejection and uh, such painful things that you know, I I found that being in that space all the time, I lost my sense of humour. I've revived that, and as you probably have seen already, I ha- I still have that now today. Also, <laughs> I think that personal development. Has been something that's been very helpful to me. It's always been of interest to me. There is a place for therapy, and therapy is very good. But I think there's also a great place for self-improvement, and understanding the principles of uh, the personal development um, profession, and uh, and and that is it's just been so good for me and also to have future goals which of course is part of personal development having future goals and I remember one time I was going through about six months of just feeling really really depressed and not really knowing why and or, and actually feeling suicidal and I thought this is this is crazy you know what's going on here and I remember that um what I did was I decided that I would do a book launch uh, for the third edition of a life of unlearning and Good. And that focus uh, it just lifted me right out of a it, barrier it was it was like that depression and those thoughts disappeared because I had something in the future that I love to do. Also I think that part of that personal development is yes, personal development is to yes. be very positive in your thinking and speaking. Mm. So that's always been important to me. yes. I think another thing is also is to learn to become an observer of what's going on. So if you're having PTSD reactions and being getting triggered, to step out of that and look more at what's actually going on um, and observe it, be more than a participator. Another thing is to refuse to give people or experiences power over you so that's very much a uh, yeah that's once again a part of that personal development thing is realizing that it is about your own personal power and 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 being very determined i am not going to allow those people to have power over me all those experiences another thing that's very useful as well barry is to learn to reframe experiences. And by reframing them, you look at them from a different perspective, and that can take away the negative influences. One thing that I think some people find very challenging, um, but was very useful for me, was um, forgiveness, to forgive others. Yes. Um, Some people will find that hard to take, I know, and understand that. But I remember I had an experience where I'd been rejected by the denomination and all my close friends. And um, and I stood in the kitchen and I forgave every one of them right there and then because I knew if I didn't forgive them, I would be eaten up with bitterness and resentment. I'd seen it to happen to other people. Yes. And I didn't want it to happen to me. So yeah, I, holding
5: on ch- to grudges is never good, is it? No,
0: I chose to forgive. That's what I did. I chose to forgive. And often people will say, how come you're in such a good place? And I'll often refer back to that experience. You know, yeah, I yeah. think another uh, principle that I found helpful is to learn to express emotions and not to fear them. So sometimes that could be anger. Sometimes that could be grief. Um, I found that I had a lot of grief buried inside me because of what happened. Um, if you've read A Life of Unlearned, you'll know that I stood in front of a congregation of hundreds of people and resigned from the ministry and confessed to them. Um, that was the most traumatic experience of my entire life. Mm. Um, and so there's a lot of grief. I I felt very humiliated totally humiliated I, I, I had lost everything Barry everything mm-hmm. that I held dear everything I'd worked towards that I had to rebuild my life um, so learning to um express those emotions not to fear them and to work through them can be very helpful also another principle Barry that I've found helpful is to make peace with your past what does that mean? I, I think that sometimes people, LGBTQ people from Christian backgrounds, sometimes for some of them, um, they're looking at their Christian past and everything is bad. Everything is wrong.
5: But that isn't always the case. No, that's correct. Yeah.
0: And so by making peace with the past, I find that looking for the good and celebrating the good yeah. It's not about denial or it's not about betrayal of what happened to you. Um, It can be a very, very healthy response.
5: No, no, I agree with you there. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah the, the, there's the, the, there's always good things that happen, uh, even through the darkest <laughs> hours. There's always good things that ha- happen in our lives. That's
0: true. Yes. You know, and they're not all bad. You met some lovely people, all, all that. Yeah. Um. So um, we're up to number 11. And that is that, um, and sometimes people find this hard to translate to their own experience, but I have, um, and I hope that they can as well, and that is that words only have the power that we give them. Yeah. We only have the power we give them. So, you know, when someone calls you an abomination or they say that you're evil or whatever they say about you as an LGBTQ person, those words... Only have the power that you give them yourself. That takes a lot of strength, but it's very, very helpful. Yes. Don't let them have that power over you. Also, I think another important thing is to know what your triggers are. Um, I, I'm very conscious of the things that can trigger me nowadays. Well, there was a point where I wasn't conscious of that, but I am very much these days. So um, I either prepare myself uh, for that situation, or it may be that I choose not to be involved in that situation or to, to avoid it. But to have a, a conscious understanding
5: is Again, you have to be quite strong in yourself to, um, uh, look at, you know, when those triggers come, to be able to withstand them.
0: Exactly, Barry, you know, and I am speaking here from, you know, um, a man that has <laughs> since nineteen ninety-two has had to work through all this stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, and the writing of my book was also re-traumatizing and working with people who emailed me, who read my book, also was re-traumatizing. Which brings us to number 13, which is don't feed the trauma. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how it does, but I see people they're going into the groups, they're going to the comments, they're going, they're going into things mm-hmm. which actually is feeding their trauma and their anger and everything. And it's it's like this, it's like self-abuse, actually. Yeah. Not very healthy. So up to number 14. Um, just to remind people it's okay to avoid the triggers and to avoid the the ptsd and also it's okay to get triggered so we're all human and no matter how many wonderful principles you've got <laughs> you will find that there'll be some times when maybe it doesn't work as for you i've got a couple of lovely sayings i'd like to finish off with barry if that's sure. okay yeah. one is by Paulo aquello uh, and he said, don't allow your wounds to transform you into someone you are not. Good. I love that. And this final one is PTSD isn't what's wrong with you. It's about what happened to you. Yes.
5: Well, Anthony Van Brown, thank you very much for sharing your experiences with us and uh, your thoughts on PTSD and the LGBTQ plus community and how it may affect us and especially in the religious contexts. and what's your website please sure that is
0: www.abby which is a double and i should also say that this actual presentation is on our youtube channel great which is great. gay
5: ambassador so people can look you up there exactly okay anthony thank you very much Thanks, Barry, for the opportunity. This is Barry Mackay in Sydney, Australia, for This Way Out. Once again, you'll find
1: Anthony Van Brown's Ambassadors and Bridge Builders International online at abbi.org.au.
3: Hi, I'm Brian DeShazer, CEO of This Way Out Radio and Overnight Productions, Inc. This Way Out has been selected as one of the first-year collections for the Library of Congress National Recording Preservation Board, Radio Preservation Task Force's new program, Sound Submissions. This means This Way Out programs will be preserved for future generations. You can help preserve the future of This Way Out. Email us at info at thiswayout.org to subscribe to our newsletter. Thank you for listening and for your support.
1: Thanks for discovering This Way Out, brought to you by the nonprofit Overnight Productions. News was reported this week by M.R. Raquel and Michael Taylor Gray and produced by Brian DeShazer. Our correspondent was Barry McKay. Mason Williams, Leonard Bernstein, the Marshall Tucker Band, Marsha Hines, Argent, and Sam Cooke performed some of the music you heard, and Kim Wilson, composer, performed our theme music. This way thanks to Kicking Assets Fund of the Tides Foundation and Richard Merck and Brad Payton of Silicon Valley. This program continues only with the critical support of our listener donors. Thank you. Look for This Way Out Radio on social media, email us at info at thiswayout.org, or write to us at P.O. Box 1065, Los Angeles, California, 90078USA. For associate producer Lucia Tappella and all of us at This Way Out, I'm Greg Gordon. Thanks for listening. Free online at thiswayout.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And on CJAM Windsor, Ontario, KEOS College Station, Texas, KGUR Durango, Colorado, and a wide array of community terrestrial and internet radio stations around the world, including this one. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay tuned.